Hello and welcome to the First and Ten Chargers podcast. And yeah, not not the most positive of podcasts probably to come up after that result against the Panthers on Sunday, where the Chargers lost uh, a tight one. And uh, you know we've been have some grievances about this one, but lost twenty-one to sixteen at home to the Panthers. It kind of, I mean, we were just saying a minute ago, it kind of reminded us of last year a little bit and we don't want to go back there again. Yeah, definitely not. We do not want to go back there. Um, it was one of them games where they kind of, it started flat and it, they didn't help themselves. There was, it didn't seem, seem like the, the urgency that was left from the Chiefs game. Um, and that kind of snowballed into a mistake-ridden sort of, 60 minute game really so mm. it was frustrating from basically start to finish it seemed to be one thing after another if it wasn't the offensive line if it was the defensive line that weren't doing the business then there's the stuff with the refs that didn't help which kind of gets you back up a bit um and then it was just little plays where there was no luck at all with mm. our side there we didn't have any, any anything like that um, and it was just a frustrating performance, really, from start to finish. And it's one that I oh, will easily sweep under the carpet and forget about it, to be honest. Yeah, it, like you said, I think you've kind of summarised the, the, our grievances a little bit with this one. But it's another game that statistically, I mean, I, went, I don't often, I haven't often done this in the past since you know, we've been doing the podcast, but I really highlight the stats. What I did against Kansas City, talking about you know, how much we were you know, the be- on the better side of all the stats, pretty much. Yeah. And it's the same story on Sunday, you know, more yards, both passing and running, uh, more first downs, decent for down efficiency, and, you know, massive time of possession as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just like against Kansas City. But they've lost the game. Yeah. And I think, I think one of the things that you mentioned uh, just when you were talking a minute ago, I don't want to praise an offensive line for the Chargers ever again <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. you know we were we were full of praise for them against Kansas City and and we, you know we thought we really turned a corner. We were singing particular players players praises. We were singing James Campen's praises and I know it's not the first choice group that was in on Sunday and obviously they had people come out and then go in and rotate. So there isn't that cohesion, but it was like watching the offensive line of. Of last year, really, wasn't it? It wasn't really. Yeah. Uh, it, it was a problem, you know. And yeah. as much as uh, Justin Herbert played well and, and again had a really positive showing, he wasn't being helped out by the offensive line at all. You know, he he was showing really good pocket movement actually and stepping up in the pocket and avoiding it and resetting his feet and making throws and making plays. But if he could have a clean pocket just a little bit more often than he is. I think we'd see a few yeah. wins racking up because it's just a unit that just just looked shot, wasn't it, on, on Sunday? Yeah, the, like I can understand that this isn't the offensive line that they wanted to put together at the beginning of the season. Obviously, you've got your best, best part of three players. Four, really, are playing out of position. So, if you say Feeney was going to be the starting left guard and now he's the starting centre. So, Feeney didn't have a great game. It, it mm. just it wasn't one of them ones for Feeney. Like I said, maybe we were a bit rushing in too much to, <laughs> to praise praise the man. Like, but it was it was just a rough day in the office for the interior line. Really, Groy came in and he was horrific. Um, how he is on the Chargers roster, I will never know. Even as a practice squad, it kind of made it was a little bit bizarre that they've they how well Questenberry played last year that they didn't just switch it back. To yeah, and say I know that you'll say that people will say yeah, but then you're changing so many positions anyway. But you're changing the whole offensive line basically. At the end of the day, you need you need talent to show through, and Groy is just not. He's just not there. Like, mm. he shouldn't Questenberry be, looked really good, didn't he last it, year? And it's it, really frustrating. They, they could have yeah. So they could have played Questenberry at centre. You could have had. Feeney, Feeney can play anywhere in them guard positions. So for Feeney to play right guard or left guard really wouldn't have mattered. So you could you could kind of keep Lamp at left, play Feeney at right. And to be honest, even Quisenberry played okay. He played guard at point, some point last year. So you, you could even keep the interior three and then add Quisenberry in. Yeah. And then obviously, Belaga went down again. So it's kind of like it's sort of scratching your head about this now because it's starting to great on me a little bit if he's not fit then don't put him in to start with because there was no cohesion with 
giving Pifkins that lesser time to be able to know that he was going to be starting that game. So mm-hmm. if there was, he had inklings that he wasn't fit last weekend because he obviously came out of the game um, and then they put Pipkins in, he did a really good job on Clark. Then if Blug is not 100% during the week, then why you why even risk him? Just let Pipkins take the reps until he's 100%. You need a coherent offensive line to be yeah. able to play football. You need them guys to know what they're doing, their roles and everything. And it kind of, the whole, we lost the trenches in this game. Offensive line and defensive line both didn't really perform. And obviously we were praising the offensive line last week. I mean, Tevioni had like a couple of pressures in the game. And if I'm honest, he wasn't, he wasn't horrendous in this game. Burns rushed far more from Pipkin's side and Pipkin's got done a lot this game. Yeah, and obviously yeah. the interior line just collapsed. Derek Brown probably had the best game that he's ever going to play in his life against us, which is typical. <laughs> so like you kind of, you kind of scratching your head thinking like, why have we gone backwards? But the reason is, is there's, there's been no, continuity with this offensive line for the whole of the off season and even going into the start of these three games you've had different people playing tackle different people playing centers and guards you've had Tyrese and Lewis coming in you've had Turner in for 45 minutes everyone's had a little go you can't we need to try and get this unit together whether it's with the, the big men we want Belaga and we want Turner to play but if they're not fit let's not let's not drag this out let's get the five guys together that we know they're going to be able to be fit for this this game, the Tampa game, and get him in to practice all week. Let's, if Turner's not fit now, then don't just let's go ahead and have these other five guys work all week, and that's what it's going to be. Not the last minute, change things up, and then expect these guys to perform. Like it's not kind of like other positions that that offensive line really does need to be a unit, and you can't really mix and match guys as mm. as quickly and uh, how how you you would do with other positions. So it's just really, really frustrating to see that sort of collapse after such a positive display over the first two games in some respects where the offensive line was doing great. There was still, you still have worries on it because of obviously players weren't, you didn't have the full unit out that you wanted to do out, but this game showed up all the cracks in a big way. And Mm. it's not back to the drawing board, but it's, let's not get ahead of ourselves with this offensive line. There's still plenty of work needing to be done. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, maybe we can accuse ourselves of that last week and how yeah. we were praising it up a little bit. Obviously, yeah. the injury report, as we record on Thursday evening, uh, Brian Villar didn't practice on Wednesday, nor did Trey Turner. So yeah, like you say, it doesn't look good again, does it, for the, the weekend's game um, Yeah, uh, against Tampa Bay. So yeah, it, it's... You, you, you know, we were really excited about both these guys and how the, they make a difference to the offensive line. Obviously, they did against Kansas City. And, yeah, now to look at both these guys not practising. Um, you know, they've not gone on to IR, which is a positive because they do seem to have done that quite quickly with a lot of people. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of, it must be hopefully quite short-term uh, injuries that you're looking at with, with both those guys. Uh, but, yeah, the Chargers injury report in general doesn't read very nicely, does it, with... Obviously, Tyree St. Louis on their limited. Uh, Rayshon Jenkins, obviously, battling this groin injury. And for me, he's one, one person I'm looking out for on the the uh, injury report because I don't want to see Jaleel Ladai play. And yeah. the most worrying one, obviously, is Bosa not practicing today. Uh, yeah. Ankle now is showing up as well as his tricep injury that he's obviously been battling. Uh, yeah. Mike Williams as well. So, yeah, not, not good news on the injury front uh, for the Chargers going into the Tampa Bay game, to be honest with you. Obviously, we, you know, we like I say work to be done on the offensive line. I'm sure we can sort of make some adjustments, and 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 you know it's going to be obviously different coaching with Camper, and obviously he's not changed. And I think we both still kind of believe in his positive influence on the team and that yeah. whole. So yeah. you know, hopefully it will improve as the week goes on. Because I, as you said, that you know if they've known that Balaga and Turner aren't going to be there, they can work as a five. Yeah. And like I say, not chuck someone in at the last minute. And it worked for Herbert, obviously, but uh, didn't work for the offensive line as that kind of mixed up on on the weekend. So I guess our next sort of big gripe is, is, and I don't personally like to sort of talk about the refs too much, but for me, they definitely had a a big effect on this game. You know, some major calls, you know, we've got the Herbert fumble, which for me is quite an obvious forward pass. Um, We've got the Mike Williams non-OPI, which leads to Justin Herbert's second 
interception because if he, if yeah. he, you know, with 45 yards further down the field, he's not going to throw that ball. Yeah. Um, that play doesn't happen. Um, so that's two interceptions that you can say were kind of one directly, one indirectly. Uh, not interceptions, yeah. sorry, one, two, two turnovers, sorry, that were yeah. kind of directly or indirectly caused by the referees. And then we were talking just before we came on about the punt that got down yeah. to the one, but it wasn't really ever in possession and just bizarre, really. Like, tell us about your thoughts about how the refs affected the game on Sunday. Yeah, it kind of, it just, it's, you kind of feel um, that it's, this is the storyline of the Chargers being a Chargers fan, that when it comes to a 50-50 call, you're never going to get it. You're never going to get a 50-50 call being a Chargers fan. It kind of feels like that at the moment where, and even in some respects where you actually look at them, look at some of the calls and you're thinking, well, that's, you can tell that's blatantly either a forward pass in respect to the Herbert fumble, which was bizarre to me. Um, and then the, the pump return was probably the, the tip of the iceberg because if you've got, Herbert's obviously not done these two-minute drills going down in fourth quarter and you've got to lead the team through to, to get a game-winning touchdown, right? So, you, in most, most respects, there's 100%, I'd say, that there was no, uh, no point in that whole thing that, 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 that any of them Carolina players had that ball under control for a, a suitable amount of time that that got classed... If that was a catch, they would have definitely said that he didn't have it an amount of time. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah, if that was yeah. a wide receiver and he came down with it, he wouldn't have been in total control of the ball. So, for all of a sudden, that they said that that pump returner um, that had that ball, um, he had that ball for a long enough period of time down at the one is ridiculous for me. And then it bounced around like tennis between five or six of them and then went back into our end zone. So, we sh- that that should have started for the twenty at the 25. And I'm... Our, people can talk to me until I'm blue in the face. That definitely <laughs> should have been our ball at the 25. And now all of a sudden you're talking about you haven't got to go 99 yards, you've got to go 75. So, and yeah, then that's a big difference, was, isn't it? And that's a big difference, especially when you had no timeouts and you had certain certain points there where you can get closer to have spiking the ball as such. So you've got much more time on the clock. Mm. So it was just one. It seemed to be one thing after another that so. Referees make mistakes. I get that. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all part and parcel of the game. But when they start making two mistakes or three mistakes or four mistakes in the same game, you start to, you start, it starts to get your back up. And it's no different with football when you see things not going your way and they miss something on VAR and then the referee yeah. books someone that definitely wasn't. A, one, you can take. Two, it starts to be an annoyance. Three or four, you start to get your back up. And that's kind of what it happens what it felt like so you kind of with a performance like this you kind of need to vent some anger sometimes and <laughs> obviously the, the people in in black and white are the best person to throw that to but they didn't have, they didn't help themselves if i'm honest and if they went back and reviewed the tape of their own performances they wouldn't have been happy with it because there's a lot of things there where it's not even 50 50 it's blatantly that it wasn't that that wasn't a fumble and it's blatantly that they didn't have control of that ball down at the one so mm. I don't care if you have to keep reviewing. You keep look going back and looking at that. The referee obviously made a decision to start with, and he didn't want to be embarrassed by. Oh yeah, actually, I've made the wrong decision here. Some people, some of them refs and some of them team units, they can. They're man enough to be able to go back on some decisions that they got wrong. Mm. It kind of felt like that this unit were just going to say, from the start and the get go that our decision is final and this is what it was. And it's not like it was 50-50 where sometimes you say, well, because they regard it as a touchdown on the field and they can't go over. Well, no, like you can tell that he didn't have a position at that. And you can tell that the ball went, his hand was going forwards mm. at the point where the fumble was. So like, how can you not see it? It's, it's, it's there on TV. So yeah. It just, yeah. It's just one of them ones where it, it, it did get you back up a bit, to be honest. With the one, the, the Herbert uh, fumble, was wasn't even looked at for very long it was like they were just like we have to review it because it's turnover so we have to like look at it for a minimum amount of time we'll just do that and we'll just get on with it and it was just yeah. like what because <laughs> you, you know obviously as, as it shows on tv you they always get like the replay then it goes to the break and it was that obvious that i kind of like relaxed through the break it's like oh, it's fine because yeah it's definitely going to be overturned and then you come back to the the broadcast and you know, the Carolina offense on the field. And it's just like, what is going on? Um, it, it, and then, like you say, the refs kind of built up throughout the day. And I, I can't remember the exact play that it was on. 
but there was a play, it was in either the third or fourth quarter, it was definitely in the second half, after a lot of this order happened. And there was a flag on a play. And I just assumed that it would be against the Chargers, and it wasn't. But that is like you say, you kind of get it drilled into your mind that this, this, this crew just aren't going to give one team yeah. anything. And yeah. I, just, I was actually shocked that it was a flag on the Panthers. That's how yeah. kind of one-sided the, the calling was. And I'm not saying that you know, yeah. it, was, it was biased or whatever. It's just that the Panthers never got anything against them. And it was this one time they did. And it was just like, oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> that's, that's one for the books. I don't know. Turn up for the book kind of thing. I just um, think they weren't very thorough, to be honest. Like they, it, was, it was like, you're supposed to at least, like you said, they didn't review. They didn't even look at that Herbert one. Long enough to even give us the benefit of the doubt. Like, if you're, you should have, you could, you can clearly see that that that's what it was. That was a forward pass. Like, how do you not go back and just thoroughly check that the the call that you made on the field was was right? You you give it five seconds, and you if that was Rogers or Breeze or Brady. I mean, yeah. it might be me saying be being biased, but that would have been overturned. No, I saw so, I saw someone saying that on Twitter. Yeah, one hundred percent, that would have been overturned. Like, yeah, and it just it kind of just feels like it's all it's. I know that teams get injuries, and we've got injuries. I know that other teams feel like the Saints have had some stuff go against them with some play calling, and teams do have it go against them with play calling. But it just seems to think if the, if there's if there's a close game and the Chargers are involved in it, Chargers aren't going to win it. Mm. And it kind of feels like it's either down to it's it's down to something completely random, or and sometimes it's not even our own fault. And that's we just don't get the benefit of the doubt. If I'm honest mm. with these fifty-fifty calls, and that's kind of what it felt like in this game. And then, this game kind of it really did get my back up. It was just so frustrating. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a very very frustrating game for sure. I think like what you said when you when we first when I kind of first very first uh, chucked it over to you in this episode like earlier on. It started slow, and I think the Chargers didn't have. You know, I don't want to. Like, we don't want to blame the refs completely. It wasn't completely on the refs. Like the Chargers didn't play slow. Sorry, they did play slow. They played sloppy, and just like the look. And I think even then, like the Josh Kelly fumble, I think it was Shaq Thompson, the, the player for the Panthers, who like knocked it free. But he wasn't even trying to knock it free. He just yeah. he just need the ball out as he was running and as Kelly was going to ground. Yeah. It wasn't even like he played for the front, like to play the knock the ball out. They just yeah. got it. They just got lucky again. It was like, <clears throat> you know, you just sat there on your sofa and you're watching the game and you just think, come on, like this, this is nothing going for the Chargers on this game yeah. at all. Yeah. You know, to the point where, you know, Lynn obviously has been preaching turnover battle and, you know, we, we just talked about a couple of them, uh, you know, kind of going against the ref and then that one as well. And you just think, my God, the only, the only thing you've got hope is Josh Kelly, like, kind of, looks at it and says, well, that can't happen again. It doesn't, you know, and that, that's a positive that can come out of it in his, in his learning yeah. process. Yeah, definitely. There's, it's just one of them things that you've got to kind of, this game was all about our inefficiency to be able to look after the ball. And the Panthers just played a, a very bang average game mm. and they were, they limited their mistakes to zero and they come out with the win. Like sometimes, like they didn't even play that well. We, yes. um, do you know what I mean? We, we played, if I'm honest, we played better than them in respects to, like you said, time of possession. Um, there was more talent on the field from us. You can tell that we, we were the better team. We just didn't get it done. And they were very, very, they were, they were just very sensible with the ball, to be honest. There was, very good. It was good play calling, sensible play calling. They haven't got great talent out there with obviously McCaffrey not being there. They've lost a lot of players the off-season. There's a lot of changes going on. Mm-hmm. But they were just very sensible with the ball. And we weren't. And you, like you said, you can't, you, can't ever, you can't point the fingers at anyone in particular. It was a whole... It was, there, was, there was loads of things that didn't go right for us in respect to... Some of the coaching wasn't great. The, some of the execution from the players was very, very subpar considering they come away from that Kansas City Chiefs game, which was excellent. Mm. And the refs, the, all, the, all the luck wasn't there for us. The refs weren't there for us. It was just one of them games where if you're a Super Bowl winning team, you play badly and you win. Yeah, sure. Yeah. If you're, if you're the rest of the pack, if you play badly, you're going to lose. 
So and even to an proved, inferior opponent. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And, and it just proved then that we're not, it, it just, it proved that we're not quite there yet. Yeah, I'd agree. And, you know, it's, it's like what we're talking about with the, the Chiefs game and not having the personnel out there. And, you know, you just think back to James, don't you? And you just think, you know, he would have come up with a big play and, yeah. uh, and you know, kind of won the game. He's kind of that special of a player, but obviously he's not, yeah. not there now for the second year. Which and England really, as well. Really yeah, I, think we, I thought we missed Melvin England quite a lot, actually. Yeah, I think you and, missed and, the tempo. And mostly played pretty well in his, in his stead, but... Yeah, you I mean it's one of those things where you can you can play Ingram through the middle, can't you? And have him mostly off the edge, and when those yeah. packages come out, it's really really effective. Yeah. And the the defensive line weren't as weren't as uh, on it as they were uh, in yeah. previous weeks. So, yeah, kind of definitely miss Melvin Ingram. I think uh, a fair fair bit. Yeah, this like kind of execution and the the kind of not getting the rub of the green aspect of it that we're, that we're talking about as well. Almost was epitomising the final play as well. You know, like you said a minute ago, that if you're a, a Super Bowl winning team or a potential Super Bowl winning team, you can come out of it and you can you can get the win. If the Chiefs, I'll use the Chiefs obviously as the, the Super Bowl champions, if they get that hook and ladder play to win the game, they they, they get it and they execute it. Yeah, and they, they, they win the game, yeah. you know, and get out of it with, with a scruffy win. Yeah. Um, and it was, you know, I didn't realise at the time, but the, the Eckler... Uh, if he takes it in, he eats walking, isn't it? You know, it's really frustrating yeah. when you get to watch it back, and yeah. you know we've got potential calls on that as well for roughing the passer, and um, you know another potential missed flag for it to be another play, and obviously moving 15 yards at the field. Yeah, and it's just one of those things where you just think, God, it's so close. You know, it's really, really close to getting in, and yeah, it's just a, a play that you would imagine if they had it back, they would go get it. Yeah, it was just one time because the Chargers just didn't get any luck, or yeah. it just didn't fall their way. Um, so yeah. it, was, it was really frustrating. But yes, we've got kind of gone through our negatives a little bit there, and kind of started the podcast on a real down note. But there was there was definitely some positives to take from this, and it wasn't all bad, I guess. Yeah. You know, what what kind of things would you say were kind of the positive things for the Chargers on Sunday? Uh, positives. The two positives for me are that we've got two absolute gems from this current draft class in Justin Herbert and Kenneth Murray. I think that they're going to be absolute cornerstone pieces. I think Herbert was the big shining light to come out of it. I mean, he, we had no run game really in this, this game. Like we couldn't really I think get games it going. was kind of going against yeah, us. That wasn't it? Yeah, behind and, most of the game. And I think that, that Lynn obviously, he really he kind of did feel like at the beginning of the season that he was going to lean on the run quite a bit. Um, but obviously, Herbert threw it 49 times in this game. Like, yeah. you've got a rookie out there making plays. His efficiency, 35 completions out of 49. I mean, and some of them were absolute bullets. Yeah. Um, obviously, Keenan and Eckler picking up most of them receptions. But they're the, the, the play from Allen and Herbert, they looked like they were really in sync, which was great to see. Obviously, Allen signed a new deal, so he's going to be there for... Uh, Herbert's all of Herbert's rookie deal what it looks like as, as long as Allen can stay fit and keep this play up mm. so you, you kind of you're, you're really I'm really 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 excited about what Allen can bring out of Herbert in that respect because having someone like Allen there for Herbert would be it's going to be amazing for him for his development so it's going to hopefully work um, really well on that side of the ball and uh, you can kind of just see through just in that short week of being having a week to build up for the game, just how much confidence it showed with Herbert. Like you could tell that he was a little bit jittery against the Chiefs, but he was still slinging the ball around, doing very well. This game, far more attempts, um, very similar in yardage and, and touchdowns, interceptions, etc., which were kind of what I predicted, but he just looked a little, a lot more composed. I mean, you've got to try and take into account that this kid hasn't had to do a lot of the stuff that he's being asked to do currently with very little time to be able to learn this stuff because obviously with the injury to Tyrod so he's never had to do a, like a, a last minute drive fourth quarter yeah from the huddle no like no huddle things like that like he hasn't been at like there's things like that he hasn't had to do like so he's learning on the job and what you can just see he's a bright kid you can see that that we've got an absolute superstar I think coming through in the next couple of years with, with Herbert. I think that 
that's the my main positive to take away from the game. If it, above everything else, that he's that I know that we've kind of got a quarterback, which is nice to say. We haven't gambled our future to go and get one like lose four out four years worth of first round picks, etc. To get him, so I'm really, really happy with it, with the development of Herbert and how they progress with him. And then, likewise, on the other side of the ball, you can just tell Murray's brewing. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's starting to click a bit more. I mean, he's he's side to side gunslinger anyway. Like he, he he's he's all over the field, um, but you can kind of tell that his leadership will pick up. Um, and ju- I just think that w- more game reps, more savvy, it, he'll he'll just get better and better and better and better. Sure. So I think yeah. both sides of the ball, if you're going to take any positives out of this game for me, um, the development of Herbert, the development of Murray, you can see that both these these guys are going to be absolute key to the Chargers' future and the, and the Chargers' success in the next four or five years. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd agree completely. I did think it was one of the, well, I did think it was Murray's quietest game um yeah. he didn't look as good in coverage but there was definitely a player there you know for 100 percent you know they've, they've got an absolute stud linebacker there and you know when you chuck in james and then you chuck in people like bosa you've got like a spine there if you d um especially with you know with other good young players that we've got as well it's not just about those three but that's a yeah. a, a guy in each of those levels of the defense and in those rooms yeah. that will be here for a long time be looked after by the franchise and just be a great player you know, for the you know foreseeable future, you know, maybe look at yeah. ten years plus uh, for some of those guys. But yeah, like you say, um, there was that third down stop, wasn't the tackle for loss that Murray made? That was a little glimpse into the the, the, the sort of plays that we can expect. I think yeah. to, to rack up, you know, uh, with frequency. Um, yeah. I'm really happy as well from just on on Murray as well. Just really happy that he obviously missed quite a bit of time at the end of the game. Like his snaps kind of really fell off a cliff um, and he I was wondering if he was going to get an injury and obviously it will come up with the injury report and he's not so he should be fine obviously for this game on Sunday yeah. which is a massive positive because you know, we've got enough injury worries as we as we just said yeah but yeah going to Herbert and and his development and it just showed didn't it that really that the Kansas City game wasn't a fluke you know he's able to go out there and yeah. still put up 300 yards obviously not behind the kind of the guys seem like they're leaving points on the field in some situations and, you know, we're yeah. not for, the, for all the yards and all the uh, success that Herbert's having in terms of making his completions and obviously another 300 yard game, the drives aren't being finished off. And I think that's the next sort of level in the development that's going to come. Yeah. It'll come, it'll, yeah. you know, we'll, we'll get through the next couple of weeks. Then we've got that quite easy stretch, I want to say, uh, without yeah. getting ahead of ourselves as we did last week. Um, and you'd like to think that you know against one of those teams, Herbert will throw for like four hundred and four touchdowns or something like that. You yeah. know what I mean? I thought that's yeah. what we were going to get this week, and I was maybe a yeah. bit bullish on my uh, Twitter prediction <laughs> for the game with that. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think think it, you like you said, you've not mortgaged your future for him. You've got him at the right time. You go from Philip Rivers to Justin Herbert almost directly, and you think, yeah, he's not perfect and he's making mistakes. Like the the inception, the second one, the second turnover. He just didn't see Dante Jackson, and it's just flout that he just didn't see him. And he was, he was, yeah. you know, his ball placement was a bit iffy at times. He threw one behind, I think it was Hunt Henry, on a crosser, and it got backed away by the defender. And you think that could have been an interception as well. And there was a few other ones where it's just like a bit misplaced, like it's a bit high or it's a bit behind. You think you can clean that up, you're just going to be really, really special. And yeah. you know, we've already seen it that you know his first battle against Mahomes, and you think, well, he can obviously like go against Mahomes, and that. Is kind of we probably should have mentioned that this not last week, but it's one of those things where it just makes you happy because you think that you know Mahomes signs that ten year deal and you think for fuck's sake like we've got to go against that for the yeah, next ten years, years. <laughs> and you know barring a like a big injury Mahomes is going yeah. to be at that level if not get a tiny bit better yeah and then you've got to have someone to map that and you just think well we I think we have that now which is great yeah. you know and it's cost you one draft pick which. Yeah. You know, you just capitalize on that, and as we know, you yeah. know, we we've said it in the past, and it's it's known around the league. But if you don't have a quarterback, then you can't compete, really. Yeah, and it seems like we've got it, which is great. And some of the throws that he's making are incredible. And you, you know, as yeah. I said before, he's showing really good like pocket movement, pocket movement that's kind of beyond what we saw in college. Yeah, um, in Oregon, and it's probably maybe down to the simplicity of the offense. He was making yeah. one read, and if he didn't have it, then he'd bail and and run. Yeah, he doesn't seem to be doing that. You know, he's making plays with his legs. 
Um, but he's not almost a one read and then run as his second option. He's going through his progressions much more than he did at Oregon. And yeah. he's looking like he's made a lot of progress right now just from you know, just the off-season that he's had. And that's a yep. shortened off-season. We know he's an incredibly intelligent young guy, so not surprised. He's making adjustments in the game, it seems. Because there was yep. a point, I can't, again, I can't remember the exact time of the, the game, but he had a situation where it was very similar to the interception that he threw against Kansas City, but he just yeah. ran for it. And yeah. it, I remember saying to myself, please, Justin, just run it. And he did. Yeah. And I was thinking, good. Like, he's, he's obviously learned from his mistake last week, and that's what yeah. you want to see. It's not yeah. going to be perfection. It's going to be progress for yeah. Herbert at the moment, and that's what that's what we want, and that's what I think we're getting as well. Which, and still, you know, performing at quite a high level, as you say, you know, 70 percent, yeah. I think, the completion percentage. Yeah, yeah forty nine and, really, and three hundred yeah. yards. Yeah, really good. So yeah, yeah, like, yeah, I'd agree with both of those. Yeah, I, I mean, other than that. <laughs> you kind of, you, like I said, I'm still scratching my head, really thinking about how this kind of got away from us. It's one of them ones where they, the Carolina, were nothing special in this game. They just, they just looked after the ball. And we sure. didn't. Yeah, yeah. It's one of them ones you just kind of got to forget about. It's, it's done and dusted. We, everyone got a little bit too. All, oh, here we go. Charges, char, charges can compete here, and then we do the typical charges thing, and and we lose at home to the Panthers with yeah. Teddy Ridgewater quarterback. So um, the main thing we just got to take out of this is just getting the development of Herbert, like all this positive. These are reps that he's, he was never, ever going to have. So let's face facts. Like this was always going to be Tyrod's team. So oh, yeah. everything, all these reps that we're getting from Herbert now, we've got to look at it as a positive. Like regardless of the outcome, we've got to look at this as a positive for the development of Herbert. He's getting reps against good teams. Panthers aren't a bad team. Their, uh, their defence is a lot better than I thought they would be. I thought Keekley was going to be such a loss that this team would be get, put, getting like serious points put against them every week, where actually they're not. Like They're not a bad side. They're just... They're missing stars, if I'm honest. They're, yeah. Just, yeah, yeah. they're just okay. They're going to be one of them seven and nine sort of teams, if I'm honest, at the end of the season, six, six and ten, something like that. But they're not a bad team. And, but we we just didn't execute. That's that's face facts. We got we had got more talent than them. They executed. We didn't. Like we had four turnovers. Maybe some of them were down to referees, but we just didn't. We just didn't execute this game at all. So let's let's just forget about it. Let's just thank God that we got Herbert there and he's getting reps. And the development of him is the positive that we got to take out of this. That he's getting game time that in theory he was never going to get. If, if you looked forward into the future of what was going to happen this year with Tyrod, so mm. yeah, and no, I completely agree. I mean, he's also got that relationship, bad looks things with Keenan and also Hunt Henry. Those guys are linking yeah. up really nicely. So yeah, um, you know, it's, it's nice to see that so early on after a couple of games, he's hitting Keenan thirteen times. Henry yeah. over the past couple of games has been a big weapon. It's obviously really good for him to kind of uh, get some catches, get some yards, get some good performances. Yeah. Obviously on the tag and. You know, hopefully playing himself into a, another longer-term deal. Yeah. I'd also I'd add in with the point that you made, obviously, about Murray and Herbert kind of coming from this draft class is we've got an absolute bargain in Josh Kelly as well. I know he only yeah. rushed the ball eight times because of the, the game situation. Yeah. And he did have the fumble, which, as I said before, was a bit unlucky. But, you know, he's getting yards. He's always positive. He seems like he's got power. He seems like he's got good vision. He uh-huh. seems like... A, a real weapon and that partnership with Eckler is going to be really really important yeah. you know fulfilling that role that Gordon had and you know you, you get rid of Gordon uh, not really get rid that's probably not the right phrase but you let him go you're happily you know not paying him and after everything that went on last year but then you've got a fourth round pick who's fulfilling that role you know to when Gordon was was charging his rookie obviously didn't score a touchdown wasn't getting yards at this efficiency and Kelly looks like the real deal. So yep. it's just fantastic to see that kind of another young guy who you've got out of draft class that's, that's doing the business for you. Yep. So I would, chuck, I would chuck Josh Kelly in that as well. Not the, you know, stats-wise, it's not the most impressive game, but you can tell, you know, he's running hard. He's yeah. running through yep. the right holes. He's doing his job. He's positive. And, um, yeah, he's, he's definitely doing, doing some good things and exciting to see him kind of for the rest of the season kind yep. of fulfilling that role. And, and really kind of relegating uh, Justin Jackson, really, to... 
RB3 quite comfortably and it looks like Jackson's practicing now so it'll be interesting to see how they split time again on the weekend yeah. but uh, yeah Kelly's, Kelly's looking good so I'm, I'm quite happy about that as well so um, kind of I guess we've kind of gone through our positives and negatives obviously a bit more negatives in the, in the column there rather than positives and then we've gone going on to well complete our kind of tour of the NFC South really isn't it with obviously Tampa Bay coming up before we play the Saints the week after yep Tampa Bay I'm not been a massive like cheerleader of theirs I don't really think their project that they're trying to build it kind of makes me think about the Eagles dream team from about 10 years yeah. ago that completely yeah. exploded yeah so they, they, they had a pretty decent start to the season uh, yeah. Brady's playing well even people like Fournette are doing alright as well but Mm-hmm. How do you see this one going? I mean, their defense is playing really, really well. You know, they've got uh, Antoine Winfield Jr., who looks like an absolute star. Yeah. So, yeah. How do How do you see this one going with, with Tampa? Obviously, um, obviously seeing our old mate Tom Brady again. Yeah. Um, I think the, the the key to this game, I think that I think you were going to struggle to run the ball against them. I think Vita Vey is he's a machine. Mm. Um, I think running inside is going to be hard work. So I think it's going to be. The game script could be very similar to this, the Panthers game, if I'm honest. We're going to find it hard to run inside. You're going to have to use a lot more, maybe screen game, maybe um, jet sweeps, things like that, to just get more on the outside. The, the defence is a lot better. I, I, the secondary is better than I thought it was going to be, but I still think it can be beat. Um, I th- obviously, the, Mike Williams is going to be a miss, most likely, this week. Um, so now you're going to be asking Alan Eckler um, and Hunter to take the majority of the targets. Mm. Um, I think that I still think that they can be beat, though. To be honest, and I've got a gut feeling that we might even do it because I don't think that Fournette's not fit; he's out. I think that I'm really not sure that they're going to be able to get any run game going. Um, Against Joseph, I don't. I'm not. I've never been a big Jones guy. Um, McCoy's past it. Yeah, got no yeah. Godwin as well. Yeah, so all of a sudden, as well. yeah. All of a sudden now you've got Scotty Miller. Um, I think if you can stick Desmond King on him, I think it's going to be Miller, fine. Miller, Miller didn't practice yesterday either. To be fair. So he might so, not play. So all of a sudden now, what 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 weapons have they got that scares you, Evans? So you you stick a high safety there with with Hayward, and I think you have pretty much got him covered. So now you're asking them to beat you with tight ends, which is obviously more than possible. This is probably Gronk's breakout game, if anything. I think that this is the game mm-hmm. that they might get their uses out of their tight ends. You might see Brady and Gronk connect. I think that this this will probably be the game where they put points up in that respect, but it's nothing that we can't do and we can't match. So I'm not overly concerned really with how Brady can beat us. It's if we if we put up any sort of stinking performance that we did against the Panthers, we're going to lose hands down because Brady is far more efficient than Bridgewater. And then when they get into the red zone, which is what happened with this with the Panthers team, they couldn't really get anything to stick, and they were kicking field goals. You give Brady red zone opportunities, he's going to put it away. So the majority of the time, we've got to remember that if we can rush Brady from the inside of the pocket, then I think yeah. that you're going, to, you're going to, we've always said this, you've got to rush Brady. If you keep a clean pocket again, we'll pick you off. So I can see Tillery and Bosa rushing a lot from the interior, from inside. And then you're going to ask your linebackers, um, and maybe Jenkins as well, close, and Kaiser White all to be kind of monitoring how they're going to use Shady and Jones, etc., cetera, um, and for the short game. And then, obviously, if you can keep a, a deep guy like Adley and put Hayward on Evans, I think that they're going to struggle. And they're, they're, they're only really out after that is their tight end. So expect the tight ends, I think, to have a pretty big game against us. Um, and that's where I think that Brady will get a lot of his yards in that respect. If Herbert, if Herbert can play as well as he has in the last two games, I can see it going pretty close to the wire. I don't think it's going to be a blowout by any team. I think that it's going to be one of them games where I think they're going to say the rookie the rookie and the vet will be like, uh, they're going neck and neck. Everything, like Brady will go down, 
Herbert will go, and they'll have a very even sort of um, game um, on the stat sheet, as, uh, with both of them being similar with yardage and touchdowns, kind of like a neck and neck with them too. So, I think that it's going to be pretty close. Um, if we can, if we can cut the mistakes out, I still fancy us. To be honest, like mm. I was expecting more from this Tampa team. If I'm honest, I was expecting it to be more of a Galactico, and yeah. they haven't quite clicked. Um, their defense has helped them out. If I'm honest, they haven't. They played Denver last week. Let's be fair. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So that's the, you can you can scrub that game off. Brady might as well have not even played, and they probably would have won. So you're going off the first two games. They lost to the Saints, and the Saints haven't been playing well. Um, and I can't even remember who they beat. The second team they beat the Panthers. It was the Panthers, was it? Yeah, yeah. And they didn't, but the Panthers shut Brady down quite a bit of it. They only, they basically ran against them. Fournette had a big game, that's right. Against, um, against that's him. right, so, yeah, he had 100 yards, yeah. So, you're talking about, they haven't been, they haven't really been clicking that well. So, hopefully, we can kind of keep, keep um, Brady under wraps a little bit and, and hopefully win out the battle. So, I'm, I'm more optimistic than I thought I'd be in this game, considering that how, obviously, with the down performance of last week, um, and Brady being Brady, in my preseason predictions, I did think that the Tampa might beat us, but kind of, kind of swaying towards maybe we can see a little bit more at Herbert and maybe have a little bit of luck on our side for a change. Yeah, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? Especially against Brady. I mean, he's going to be accurate. He's going to move the chains. It's, it is about limiting. Yeah, and and you know, like you say, Evans is going to be there, big receiving threat, especially if Godwin and Miller aren't playing. It's just about these are like you know looking after Mike Evans and limiting what OJ Howard and, and Gronk do if you know if Gronk is being used as a passing threat. Um, but yeah, it's it's kind of it's set up quite nice, isn't it? I think as much as I'm willing to accept growing pains from Herbert and things like the interception on Sunday where he just didn't see the guy, it's because he's done that now in the previous game. I don't want that to happen again. And yeah. like you say, this secondary has got some got some players who can get you a pick or two. You know, Winfield Junior side since he's on fire, as I mentioned earlier. Yeah. Um, so I just hope that Justin doesn't throw in his direction and allow him to kind of a, a another opportunity to make a big play. Yeah. But yeah, I'd agree with you. I'd agree with what you're saying. To be fair, I mean, it's it's not a team that scares me too much. They've had a reasonable start to the season, but it's not. I don't really bind this project that they've got going on. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it'll be it'll be an, it'll be a decent game. I think it'll be an interesting game for sure. Uh, and obviously, to get one over on Brady will be be a nice feather in Justin Herbert's cap because he doesn't lose to many rookies, does he? So, um, and obviously, great great for Chargers fans as well to kind of see him uh, being on the on the receiving end of a loss, which didn't happen or you know hasn't happened a very, great deal throughout his career previously. Yeah. So um, yeah, it'd be an interesting game for sure. But like you say, it's all about kind of limiting them and you know forcing a turnover. I mean, we've not forced enough turnovers yet, have we? Throughout the three no. games that we played, no, definitely not. So maybe yeah, getting getting one or two on on the weekend would would be really really useful. Yeah. So what what's you what are you going for there prediction wise? Are you gonna are you gonna go for a W? Yeah, I'm gonna go for. Um, a 21-18 win. Oh wow! Okay, so yeah, it'd be a close one, which obviously we're not expect as Chargers fans. Yeah, I, I I can't remember what I did with my prediction with this one. I probably went for a loss. I'm going to stick with that. I don't think the Chargers come out with this one. I think it's going to be another valiant attempt. I think it's going to be another like really good game um, for both sides. I don't think we're going like, to implode or anything like that. But I probably, I'm, you know, obviously getting ahead of ourselves by saying this, but with the way that the Saints are playing. Um, and you know Michael Thomas not being out, I think we might win next week. So we the kind of the same, maybe the same record, but not in the same order as what yeah. we would have had um, from what we predicted pre-season. But yeah, no, yeah. I'm going to go for a narrow loss. Um, I'm maybe going to go for. I don't think there's going to be too many points. To be honest, um, I think both teams will try and dink and dunk the way down the field and kind of keep it tight. So I'm going to go for a 24-21 loss for this one. So again, just a field yeah. goal in it. Uh, just like yeah. yourself, they haven't actually ruled out Tyrod for this week yet. Uh, yeah, I guess they didn't. We were talking about this previously, weren't we? About when, yeah. if they do, if they were going to bring him back, would they bring? When would they bring him back? Because we said if if Lynn 
if Tyrod is Lynn's guy, which obviously he clearly is, and he wants to do wants Tyrod to succeed, is bringing him back for the Saints game very sensible to do that? If because obviously if Herbert plays well against the Bucks, then you bring Tyrod back for the Saints, and then we lose. He's kind of made a rod for his own back. Whereas sure. if you let yeah. Tyrod, if you let Herbert play against the Bucks and the Saints, and we don't win. Herbert's not won any game since he's been quarterback. Then you can say, well, let's let you can ride Tyrod out for the rest of the season, and you've got your guy back. But if you play Herbert and he plays well, and maybe even we come out with a win, then you go back to Tyrod's, and he loses. You kind of make, doesn't make sense, does it? Doesn't make In the sense. Eyes of so, fans. <laughs> so even though he's not ruled out, I mean, personally, if I was if I was Lynn and I was trying to bring Tyrod back and make him succeed and given the perfect time to succeed. I don't know if I'll be bringing him back for the Saints or this game. Mm, yeah, you said this last week, didn't you? Also, we, I saw someone else talking about what we were talking about last week with the travel arrangements as well. I don't know whether the Chargers are planning to stay down in, in that area, but it, to me, it doesn't really make sense. I know it's a longer week because we're Monday Night Football against the Saints, but it doesn't really make sense yeah. to fly all the way back to LA yeah. in a late uh, on the Sunday. Yeah. Get back probably going to give the players a day off because they just got off a flight. Whereas you could get a nice week of practicing if you, you know, set yourself up somewhere. I don't know if you could, if you wanted to like travel to New Orleans and set yourself up yeah. there for a week, um, you know, have some practices and, and do it that way. Then you know, if Tyrod hasn't traveled for this game, then he's not going to be in the party, is he really? Yeah. Yeah. That's right. That's, that's us to consider as well. Yeah, Definitely. I think with what we both said, I think we're probably both pulling for Justin Herbert to start. And I, I mean, I've seen enough over the past couple of weeks that despite my uh, positivity about Tyrod at the beginning of the season, I'd be happy just handing the keys. And obviously that's terrible for Tyrod because what happened is wasn't his fault. And he did win a game, whereas Herbert hasn't, which is just yeah. the matter, which I think is what Anthony was getting at the other week. But you know, that's another conversation altogether. and don't really want to go back on that again. But yeah. It, yeah, it's it's terrible for him, but I am willing now just to be like, well, I, you know, like we just said, we're not going to win the Super Bowl this year. I'd be happy just to take the lumps with Herbert, but also give him these reps, give him, what would it be, 15 games, wouldn't it, by the end of the season yeah. if he plays all year, hopefully staying injury-free, yeah. and making these improvements that we've already seen in-game and week-to-week. So if you can continue yeah. on, you know, on an upwards you know, trend the whole time, then we're going to have a much better quarterback going into 2021. Yeah. Uh, with, you know, hopefully again, a good team on papers and, and injured, injured players back. Mm-hmm. And then you can make a proper run of it because you've got your guy at quarterback and, you, you know, you're going to make improvements, hopefully have another good draft again. And you maybe then can sort of aim for the top, you know, and be, be a, a team that can be in the mix for it. Yeah. Anyway, we're getting quite ahead of ourselves with that. But yeah, hopefully Justin <laughs> Herbert starts <laughs> this weekend. Yeah. I think that was my, the upshot yeah. of what I was going on about there, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. No, I think it will start this weekend. It was just it's just interesting to say that they why they wouldn't have ruled out mm. Tyrod. Yeah. Open. Like why have they even left it open anyway? Like just to say that he's not playing, like Yeah. I guess they wouldn't have travelled yet. So no. obviously got the inj- obviously we're obviously ahead of time being in the UK, yeah. but the the injury report will come out again, won't it, later this yeah. evening or early hours of our morning. Yep. Yeah. On Friday. So uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to see kind of what the progression is, if there is any practice at all for Tyrod. Mm-hmm. And, and I think today's practice uh, designation, injury designation, will tell the story, really. Because if he hasn't practiced yeah. again on Thursday, then that's it, isn't it? He, he, can't, yeah. he can't play yeah. on one, one yeah. day's probably limited practice. not going to go, you know, not practice, not practice, full. Yeah. Uh, yeah, even though he is, like they say, Lynn's guy, and he's probably going to be uh, pulling for him just as, you know, more than anyone in the whole... Of the NFL and, and to the world probably <laughs> at the same time. Yeah. So yeah, one to watch uh, moving forward over the next couple of weeks. I think, like we said, uh, with the travel and uh, potential stopover in the southeast, it's um, it's, a, it's two games that are kind of connected in that sense for Tyrod and Tyrod's playing time over the next couple of weeks. Yeah. So um, kind of finishing off all the time with this one, but uh, give us a bold take for this game against Tampa Bay. Um, my bold take is that Herbert throws for more yards and more touchdowns than Brady. Yeah, I like it. I think that's I think that's probably quite possible to be honest. Yeah, I like it. 
I'm going to go along the same lines as I did last week when I got it completely wrong when I was talking about Jerry Tillery getting a couple of sacks. Joey Bosa's got a pretty decent record against Tom Brady, so I'm going to go for him to get him a couple of times again and continue his like really strong start to the season. So yeah, yeah. Kind, of, kind of keeping it with a D and um, uh, and pulling for Bosa to continue. Like I say, mm-hmm. getting Tom Brady on the ground, which is a sight that everyone in the NFL loves to see, probably apart from yeah. New England fans and uh, and Tampa Bay fans now, obviously. Yeah, yeah we'll see. We'll see how we go with that, and uh, yeah, we'll see how the Chargers go on Sunday. Hopefully, with with a not. I don't know if it's called an upset win, but if it would be, but I guess it's one that the media and I don't think anyone would really be expecting the Chargers to win. Yeah, we'll yeah no. Well, we we said that. Like you said, these first five games, you, you've got your Bengals, the Panthers, Saints, the Bucks, and obviously the Chiefs. The majority of pundits would say that you've only won two games out of that, surely. So that's not these five games. I know we've got Brady and Breeze, and the likelihood is, if in all honesty, most pundits now have probably got us one and four. So we've got to take these as free swings at the end of the day. We've got a rookie quarterback in. The development of Herbert is probably more important than if we win these two games. I'm not saying that this season's not important, but sure. yeah, yeah. like you said, you, you you got you got to use these. You've got to take take the positives out of this and say, right, Herbert's getting reps now. This is great for his development and the potential of the franchise going forward over the next five or six years. So let's just—he's not going to have any greater matchups than playing Mahomes, Brady and Breeze in his first four games. So let's just let him yeah. let's let him sling the ball around, see what he can do and just try and play with a little bit of freedom and just let's not be a so uptight. Like I think that maybe the Chargers thought that they had to win this game and, and it kind of it, it was a pressure that they didn't very they didn't deal with against yeah, that's the Panthers. A good point. And and maybe that that is Playing the Bucks now and the Saints, they they're going to be a little bit more relaxed because they're probably not as favourites for these games, and they can take free swings at it. And I do hope that their performance and they can execute their performances because they've got the talent there to do it. So mm. let's just see if they can do that in the next coming two weeks. And I'm 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 still optimistic about this franchise and these next two games that we can still put up fights with these two teams because Saints and the Bucks they've got their they've got their holes and. This team are more than capable to be able to show them holes up. To be honest, so let's yeah, see how I, would it goes. So. I would say so. And obviously, we we talked about in the past, um, mentioned like the Green Bay game and, and things like that. The Chargers often do have at least one game in the season where they completely upset the odds. I don't know whether that's going to be the Bucks or whether it's going to be the Saints, but like you say, the talented the talented players have their day all together at least once a year, where it all comes together yeah. and kind of you know have a great performance. So whether it can be yeah. on, on on Sunday evening, that's another story. But yeah, well. We'll kind of be back next week to to discuss it all. So, yeah, thanks for listening again, and we'll see you next week.